escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. We are home of independent, fearless and credible journalism. And this is Joy News Prime with me, Samuel Kojo Brace. In our headlines, Groundswell push for reversal of a value-added tax imposed on some categories of residential electricity customers as former President John Mahama lambast government for making cost of doing business in Ghana unbearable. The 29% increase, there was a 19% increase. Then they tried to fool us with a 4% decrease. And now it's going up again, astronomically. And it's making Ghana a very difficult place to do business. All business people are complaining. Plus details as energy ministry is yet to reach a final agreement with two independent power producers on the outstanding energy sector debts valued at some two billion dollars also nearly five years after the introduction of standard-based curriculum at the primary school level one of the subject our world our people is scheduled to be scrubbed we'll tell you why now with grateful hearts and songs of praise the multimedia group celebrate 29 years of unwavering journalism with thanksgiving service At 8 p.m., Pius Kojobaka will join us for Prime Business. Ghana to secure 600 million second tranche of the International Monetary Fund program by close of the month. And later at 8.30, Razak Musba will be telling us all we need to know about AFCON 2023. Well, under 24 hours, the 34th edition of the African Cup of Nations tournament will kick off in Ivory Coast with the host nation, Cote d'Ivoire, facing Guinea-Bissau. Well, we are live on DSTV Channel 421, GoTV Channel 125, around the world on MyJoeOnline.com. Please stay for details. Joy News Prime Headlines was brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Spices. Yes, sir. Now, there are growing calls for the reversal of a value added tax which has been imposed on some categories of residential electricity customers. In a letter communicating its policy to the Public Utility Regulatory Commission, Minister for Finance Ken Oforiata says an electricity consumption above lifeline units will attract the value-added levy. The ministry explains that the move forms part of the government's COVID-19 recovery program. A member of our energy desk, James Kwesi Averji, has been interacting with a section of the public on this new tax measure. You are paying school fees, you are paying things, you are doing things, so I don't think it's the best time to do that, you understand? So I'm trying, to, I'm pleading to the government so that they will reduce all those things so that everything will be fine with anybody, yeah. The government interest is in to generate more revenue for more development. I don't think so, I don't think so, because people are really suffering, really suffering. 
maybe someone is okay with that. Someone is not okay with that. So I think they should stop all those things. So that everybody will be okay with this life here. Yeah. For electricity, you don't think that? No, I don't think that. I don't think that. You'll be ready to pay other taxes, but no electricity. Yeah, some of the taxes is okay, but some are not. Some are not okay. The first, at the first time, I used to pay like 50 CDs, but now it's going high like 100 CDs because all, already you'll be paying your 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 bills for maybe for your toilet this thing and then you know the other ways about maybe water bills and those stuff and then the, the money that we you are going to eat and those stuff you know it's not good it's not good so you have to look at and and see how you know we are suffering in this country right now what you have to do is that you have to help us you know we the youth we are suffering in the in the system even though me i'm from eastern region when I came in this Accra, you know, I'm, I'm renting. I'm paying rent bill almost like three, 300 Ghana cities. You get me? For a month too. So maybe uh, the, my landlord is taking me like two years. Almost getting to 7,200 or 7,400. And then, you know, and I'll be paying all these things. I'm a, I'm a young boy. And then I have, to, I have to save some money and be giving my junior brothers and, you know, my mom and those stuff. You know, what he's doing is not good at all. Now, former President John Mahama is the latest to add his voice to the growing cause for the reversal of the value-added tax on electricity. John Mahama says the move would only pile up the cost of electricity, which has shot up by 29% increase. John Mahama says the cost of doing business in Ghana will also become unbearable. Today, the food value-added tax on electricity bills and COVID levy, NHIL levy, uh, uh, get fund levy all on electricity bills and so that is going to send the cost of your electricity bills up and it's making Ghana a very difficult place to do business all business people are complaining I mean the owner of this hotel who has given us this resource to do this meeting you ask him how much he's paying in electricity bill and yet because of the mismanagement of the president and his cousin and his vice president it has plunged all of us into a difficult situation where they have pledged to the IMF to raise as much revenue as they can. And the point of it is, while you are raising revenue, reduce your expenditure. Because that's what any sane, reasonable person does. Because if you reduce your expenditure, you can ease the burden that you're putting on the taxpayer. If they cut down the expenditure of the office of the president, they've doubled it. Year on year, budget went up by 82 billion cities. And so, if you reduce the rise of the budget in terms of expenditure, then you could reduce the incidence of tax. You might not need to place a, a value-added tax on electricity. A joint news data analyst, Isaac Kofiege, joins us with a breakdown of the cost implication. Kofi, first, is it clear how this VAT on electricity adds to the general revenue target of government. Well, Kojo, uh, there is an indication of how this will be, but the exact amount is currently unknown. But what we know is that government has already told the IMF uh, that it was going to go heavy on the removal of VAT exemptions, and we believe that uh, the removal of VAT exemptions on electricity bills or tariffs is one of them. That is why we are seeing this new imposition. 
the research team is also learning that if you look at the 2024 budget, uh, revenue mobilization is a key component, and government is hoping to raise about 80% of its uh, you know, revenue from taxes, and VAT is a big, big component. We are looking at around 37 billion Ghana cities, which uh, is, is way, way higher than the 23.7 billion cities targeted in 2023. Okay. Uh, do we know how much fee a consumer above the lifeline will attract by consuming electricity per unit? Well, could you ask me to speak, the lifeline uh, range is between 0 to 30 kilowatt hour. This uh, uh, previous, I think somewhere 2022, was 0 to 50 kilowatt hour. So the range has been truncated. And as a result of this um, you know, reduction, a lot of people were priced out of the, you know, um, they couldn't afford electricity. Now, we know that uh, government has actually... Increasing tariffs. Um, it was just the last quarter of 2023 that I decided to reduce. But three out of the four quarters, we saw a rise in electricity tariffs, and now we are talking about VAT. And as they say, there is no free lunch. And remember that government spent about one billion Ghana cities uh, to give people or consumers or the lifeline consumers and Ghanaians who were consuming more than the 50. The 50 kilowatts are some 50% discount on their bill during the COVID era. And we are seeing that people are now paying through taxes. And so definitely, uh, there was no free lunch. Grateful. Now let's bring in Kojo Yaucha, Policy Lead for Petroleum and Conventional Energy at the Africa Center for Energy Policy, ASAP, who argues that a tax measure will be detrimental to the economy. Kojo, grateful for joining us. I-, I want you to explain why you make such a point that this tax will rather lead to the, you know, will, be, will make the economy worse than enhancing the revenue generation of government. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, first of all, let me state that uh, we've been increasing electricity uh, tariffs for some time now. Uh, from September 2022 to June 2023, tariffs have increased by about some 100%. Uh, we've only a 4% reduction in the last quarter of uh, 2023. Okay. Uh, in addition to that, we have the energy sector debt recovery levy, which is levied on petroleum products, and also the Delta Fund, which is also on petroleum products. All with the hope that we will be able to resolve the liquidity challenges in the power sector. But <laughs> the evidence shows that liquidity is rather worsening. Um, uh, in the last quarter, we've seen IPP threatening to cut power. Uh, we've seen WACO shutting down their pipes uh, to us due to uncertain liabilities. And we, 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 these liabilities that we are even talking about are things that we owe them. What they are currently selling to us, we've not even begun that conversation yet. So imposing VAT on tariffs really will not achieve the desired objectives. Rather, uh, two things are going to happen. Power becomes too expensive for consumers, uh, so people begin to consume power illegally, uh, further compounding the revenue and liquidity challenges that uh, the sector is already facing. And consumers that can actually pay for the power, uh, including businesses, will seek uh, competitive alternatives outside their grid, which is also not good for uh, the uh, power distributor. 
And eventually, those who cannot pay will have to fold up. Imagine the consequences of that for the economy. And also, government would have to now take money from the budget away from um, sectors that it would have spent on poor sectors to come and recover the uh, liabilities. Government has budgeted uh, this year alone to recover liabilities to the tune of 22 billion Ghana cities. Okay, all right. Mm. Now, how best can government approach this issue? Oh, any efforts to increase tariffs, right? That is not complemented with resolving the revenue leakages and debt accumulation at the distribution and where the problem is will be an exercise in futility. So if you increase the VAT, the tires, and you don't stop the leakages that are happening on the ECG side, which is principally due to how the, the entity is being managed. ECG is not being managed as a commercial entity, right? And power supply is a business. When you run it with politics, you get that. So we expect that government will go back to the initial conversations that we were having about introducing private sector participation to reform the management of the company. Because, I mean, let's be honest, no businessman okay. would, would have a business that is making up to 40-50% losses annually mm-hmm. and continue to run it the way it is run. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. government will allow its businesses to run in such a manner. Okay, could you stay with me? Because uh, on Wednesday, energy analyst Kojo Poku mentioned to us that government um, has decided to hold on to the implementation of this tax measure. Listen. But for this particular letter, I, I, it been, for me, my checks, it tells me that it's been stepped down and it hasn't been implemented. Because, look, we have to, as much as some of us are trying for more money to be raised to fix EPG and to fix the sector, um, we cannot also pile on some of these taxes beginning of the year when we are all coming out of the um, festive season and a lot of taxes are taking effect from 1st of January. Okay. I all think right. the powers that be have agreed to step this down for the time being because it takes a lot of uh, sensitization. Even the ETG software needs to be updated in the way they calculate um, the non-lifeline for the residential. So it's not going to be implemented immediately there's a lot of consultation going to go on before it is implemented. But we can all agree that when we need money to fix something, it will have to come from tariffs of taxes. Okay. Right. But for me, I think the timing is wrong. Um, it's it a wrong time to introduce more VAT on electricity mm-hmm. at this stage. Meanwhile, Head of Corporate Communications for Ghana Gas, NS Osubempa, says the recent power outages are due to some maintenance works currently ongoing throughout the country and not doing so as is being suggested. Let me ask you, since we took over the leadership of this country, the MPP, haven't you seen power, electricity, haven't you seen it? Ah, and you have to be honest to yourself that everything is going on well. The only reason that is happening is that today there's a, a serious problem with the uh, uh, the west african gas pipeline when we're pushing gas from there to end when there is a little bit of areas that one which the contract was signed by the ndc when when the objective uh, for did the west african gas pipeline negotiation after that they re-engaged them again and there is an areas that we, sh- we need to pay and that one 
has one or two problems and we're also doing what we call a whole total renovation of the power sector value chain when you look at certain pylons when you go to ashanti region a lot of pylons that is bringing power from other parts of the country into the ashanti region is being changed most of the transformers in this country has major problems 1963 uh, uh, transformers uh, till 1970s transformers has been changed and obviously it's going to have effect on 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 the power but as i'm talking to you there is nothing like do so happening in 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 this country that mahama want to capitalize so that he can get political advantage and, and use that against us it is not going to work well could you out and stay with me could you how do you react to this it is interesting that the one calling for uh, honest conversations is coming to the table with solid hands. Um, this week, we have all been here and listened to the Deputy Minister of Energy give reasons for why uh, we are having the challenges that we've been having. So it's quite intriguing to hear uh, the PRO of Ghana Gas coming down to tell us that uh, they were having maintenance and all manner of things. If, if we grant him that, if you are a proper system planner, when you have scheduled maintenance, what do you do? You inform your consumers. So why wouldn't we get any information from them that they have scheduled maintenance and that for this between this period and this period, we're going to have uh, our lights off? I think this is completely disingenuous and it's taking away our attention from the real issues that have plagued the sector within uh, the past few uh, weeks. Koyaoch, I'm grateful for joining us here. Now, away from that, the IMF board is expected to reconvene on January 18, 2024, to review Ghana's program and potentially approve the release of the second $600 million tranche. This follows the completion of an official creditor committee's negotiations on the terms of restructuring Ghana's debts encapsulated in the term sheet for the country. Isaac Kofiege is lead data analyst here at Joy News, and uh, he is still with me via Zoom. With Mark Kofi Grateful, what exactly is the, is the agreement and how important is this step? Right, Kojo, this is the stage that we've been waiting for for almost, for more than nine months, I must say, that we've been waiting for this stage to get access to that 600 million disbursement. But what this means is that uh, currently we know that when the negotiations actually started, what became the problem was how to settle. Life insurance. What's your excuse for putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think your work coverage is enough? There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kid's tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses. Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. Starting is the most important thing. 
So buy a Peloton bike or bike plus today and get two months free Peloton membership. Starting made easy with thousands of classes to choose from. My name is Cody Rigsby. Welcome to your low impact ride. Taught by instructors that take the guesswork out of working out. I'm here for you every step of the way. And Peloton Entertainment, so you can watch your favorite shows and live sports as you ride. Shop our limited time offers at onepeloton.com slash deals. Terms apply. On a cut date, but we are learning that bilateral creditors have agreed that December 2022 should be the cut date for the consideration of fresh you know, interest payments for the years ahead. So we are learning that governments may not be paying interest uh, on its external debt in terms of the bilateral for the next four years. Interest payments will actually start the fifth year. And so that will give governments some fiscal space to breathe 2024 because we know that the budgeted amount for interest payments on external loans for 2024 is estimated around $3 billion. And so if we are having... Uh, that sort of, you know, uh, assurance from the bilateral creditors, then it is good news. And it also means that uh, we are currently hoping to get that additional $600 million. Okay. Now, is this the final step or there is more to do to get the disbursement? Well, definitely, this is not the final step. Um, I mean, although the finance minister is hopeful uh, that when they meet the executive board, they will get... Uh, the disbursement. The reason why I say this is not a final step is because the decision to grant the disbursement of the six hundred million doesn't lie with the finance minister, nor the staff of the IMF. It lies with the executive board, and they will make that approval. And they will make the approval based on the magnitude of the needed financing assurance that government was able to uh, you know accrue from the bilateral talks. And so they will be submitting what they have to the executive board, they will look at it, and if they feel or they assess it and they they have a feel that it is uh, sufficient and enough to grant that additional 600 million disbursement, then they will go ahead. And so the final decision lies in the bosom of the IMF executive board. Okay, let's see how that goes. Well, away from that, almost five years after the introduction of the standard-based curriculum, at the primary school level, the Ghana Education Service, Ministry of Education, and the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment, NACA, have scheduled to withdraw from NEST Academic Care one of the subjects our world, our people, from the system. This is due to an alleged duplication or similar content in that textbook and that of the religious and moral education taught in schools. A statement signed by Professor Edward Appiah, the Director General of the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment, reads... And I bring you portions of that statement. It says, I bring you a compliment from the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment, NACA. Management of the council has decided to withdraw the subject, our world, our people, popularly called OWAP, from the standards-based curriculum. This will take effect from the next academic year. As part of our mandate, NACA has done a critical review and comparison of the Religious and Moral Education, RME, and their world, our people. A review of both curricula indicates similar substrates and focal areas indicating similarities. The situation amounts to a repetition of knowledge between both curricula. Beyond this, we have received feedback from teachers expressing similar observations made by the council. 
it is hoped that this action will help enrich the standard-based curriculum Ghana has adopted and enable learners' understanding of the curriculum since facilitators will now be able to focus on the individual strands as captured in the religious and moral education, counting on your usual support. Now, our world, our people, was among several curricula introduced in 2019 by the Ghana Education Service in association with the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment. The subject has been taught to pupils in kindergarten through to primary six for the past five years. And interestingly, we now, uh, our world, our people, and religious and moral education have similar substrates and focal areas amounting to repetition of knowledge. Let's expand the conversation further and talk to some of the think tanks in education. Joining us on Zoom is the Executive Director of the Institute for Education Studies, IFEST, Dr. Peter Party anti Doc, I'm grateful for joining us. Now, five years after the introduction of the standard-based curriculum, a subject is Afro Scrap. What, what will be your initial assessment of this situation? Uh, thank you very much. And those of us who have been on the, on the field, um, evaluating the implementation of the, common, uh, of the standard-based curriculum, <clears throat> we're not surprised uh, when, when we, we saw this letter. Of course, I've, I've been in the meeting uh, when these discussions uh, had, had carried out, mm. or was carried out. And mm. the reason was that most of the teachers uh, found out that the content were similar or the same. Now, you know, at the basic level, uh, a teacher handles almost all the subjects. So if you, if, if you go through RME and then you, you, you now go through the uh, world of people, which was a new subject that was added to the already existing subjects at the basic level, you would know that you are virtually teaching them the same thing. So what happened was that most of the teachers were teaching RME and were not talk about the content in our world, our people. And then when they mention the things in our world, our people, they will not teach it when they are dealing with RME. I think that was a confusion that was emanating. And a lot of the teachers were complaining. So it wasn't surprising to us at all when um, this uh, letter came out in November. Mm. Uh, even though the teachers are complaining, has a subject, our world, our people, been impactful to the peoples? If you, if, you, if you read the rationale for that particular uh, subject, you would see that the essence is to uh, inculcate the tenets of honesty, sincerity, respect, and all those uh, values in the Ghanaian student. Interestingly, those are the same moral values that are mentioned in the uh, religious and moral education uh, subjects. I, ideally, somebody uh, that is into curriculum like myself, I... I, I, I still didn't get the reason why the developers of these two mm. curricula mm. did not see this right from the beginning. Because when you, when you go for curriculum writing, you have all these subject experts sitting together to do the writing. And sometimes they compare notes and do all that. So if a little due diligence was carried out during that period, they would have noted that these subjects overlap and one of them definitely would have to be dropped. Mm. Well, but in drafting such curricula, what should be the, you know, the, the guiding principle or the aim for, for us to develop a certain curriculum to say, well, we de decide to go with this? Well, you, you know, we are in a system where things continuously change. So mm -hmm. at a point in time, 
you have certain things introduced into your educational system to to achieve a specific aim. Mm. So I think that when they wanted to do the OWAP, the focus was that we are in a global village. We want the children to appreciate the people around us, and then we want them to also know the environment and all those things that come in between. What they fail to do, as I've indicated earlier on, is that mm. when you go for curriculum writing, what you normally do is that you develop your strands and then you compare. So if I'm, I'm developing uh, mm. a curriculum for economics, mm. And there are mathematical topics in it. I have to talk to the mathematics team to know whether they are capturing these <coughs> topics. If they say they are capturing these topics, I don't include them in the economics uh, topics that I'm dealing with. That is how it was supposed to be done. So if they did this due diligence at the early stages, they would have noted that all the strands in OAP also appear in RME. And therefore, they would have cross some of them out and develop a subject that would have been distinct and would have been uh, called OAP. But they didn't do that due diligence, and this thing has been in the system for five years. And fortunately, now NACA did the review, which they normally do, and they realized that, in fact, there is repetition of content, and they needed to drop this one. What becomes of the fate of the publishers of, of these test books? That, that is where the problem is, and I think that it's important NACA have given them an indication that going into next academic year, they are not going to uh, mount this particular subject. So if you, are, if you are into publishing, what you have to do is that you try and sell all your books before next academic year, else you are going to run into a loss. It's unfortunate they are going to, they are going to incur some loss because of this change. But of course, that is a business that they are running. I think they... They would, they would find a way around it. But if you have printed the books, you should find a way to get them out of your 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 work, I mean your uh, storehouses. Well, um, I'll let you go back. Shouldn't anybody be held accountable for this? No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, okay. I, I think that right. um, NACA, NACA is doing a normal review. Okay. Five years of implementation of standard base. Mm. They can add on, they can remove some. Done. Okay. All right. Okay. Glory to you, Peter Ante is an educational consultant today. Now, the multimedia group has marked its 29th anniversary with a Thanksgiving service held at the Victory Bible Church in Kokomlebli. The event, attended by management and staff, was a moment of reflection and appreciation for the divine guidance that has shaped the company's journey. There is more in this report. The atmosphere at Victory Bible Church was charged with overwhelming sense of gratitude as a multimedia group convened for the company's annual Thanksgiving service. The occasion, dedicated to commemorating 29 years of unwavering commitment to independent, fearless and credible journalism, saw management and staff in attendance. Kwesi Chum, the CEO, and the board chair, Kwikwawachi, took the pulpit to acknowledge the divine hand that has guided the company since its inception. 29 years of unlimited provision and protection. 29 years of joy and 29 years of nadum. So team, we have many reasons to shout loud hallelujahs and to celebrate God. And that's why we are here today. From two radio stations to six, launched multi-TV. And, and now here we are 10 years later, stronger than ever, more committed to our values, more fearless, more independent, and I'm really proud to be part of that. What accounts for that? Ultimately, it is God's favor. 
Their speeches resonated with reflections on the challenges the company has overcome, milestones achieved, and the resilience of the team in the pursuit of journalistic excellence. The congregation, in a show of gratitude, sang praises and danced, creating an ambience of celebration. Some management team members shared their thoughts on the relevance of the day. Staff members expressed their satisfaction of being part of a company that has consistently upheld the principles of independent, fearless and credible journalism. So we are here to thank God for his goodness, his mercies, all he's done for us since the inception of this company. We believe that as we start a new year, there is the need to thank him is the reason we came here today. It's our annual Thanksgiving service and it's something we do every year. For me, I don't absent myself because God has done a lot for multimedia. I've been dreaming to work with multimedia all my life and for me to be a star for over 10 years. I'll be 10 years in April this year. It's, it's amazing. I mean, I did my service here 13 years ago and then I got employed 10 years ago. Multimedia is still multimedia. And I love every bit of it. We are grateful to God for yet another year. At the multimedia group, one of our key values is the principle of integrity. And we also have a strong belief in the presence of God in our business. For us, God first before others. And we have decided that every year we will gather and show gratitude to God for his grace and mercy. It was, it was powerful. Um, it was impactful. We had a great time in the Lord. It's always good to come together, even as a corporate um, unit, to um, worship God. So th this has been good. What do I wish for, for multimedia in the next 29 years? And more blessings, more of God, more of God's favor, and of course, more of... Um, more of peopleness. All right, that was, you know, a sweet moment of joy there. Well, it was a moment of joy, gratitude, and reflections as the Kumasi Business Unit of the Multimedia Group also poured their hearts out in earnest worship and praise at the Miracle Manor Church. Emmanuel Bright Quick was report for you. A solemn moment of worship ushering staff of Love and Ishraya FM at the Multimedia Commercial Business Unit into a time of prayer in appreciation of God's mercies and goodness in the past year. As the fragrance of worship echoed the church premises through the heavens, it was capped with heavy praise of adoration. Led by the Miracle Manor Church Choir, the foundation of the church auditorium shook as staff danced their hearts out for God's protection. In exhortation, head pastor at the Miracle Manor Church, Bishop Joy Obed Obey, underscored the need to have the presence of God lead the company while charging the business to understand their branding influence in the media landscape. As we are thanking God today, we must stay focused on our core preposition. 
we must understand the power of our brand the power of our brand and become intentional with the brand we must know what actually multimedia stands for and we must be able to push the brand to the glory of god committed to upholding ethical values and standards for the past 29 years workers were charged to work collaboratively for a highly productive year with focus on the theme a year of renaissance and prosperity general manager at lava nishraifem jimmy agla delivered a speech on behalf of the ceo of the company in the spirit of this year's theme the year of renaissance and prosperity let us embark on a collective commitment to reach new heights the challenges we face are opportunities for growth and the successes we celebrate are markers of our collective strength as a ceo i urge each member of our team to embrace this renaissance with vigor and passion let our creativity innovation and unwavering commitment propel us to greater achievements together we shall continue to build on the legacy of excellence that defines the multimedia group. In a new year with numerous uncertainties, staff at the company are expecting a good and prosperous new year. For me, I believe we have to move into the new year with the same grace, especially being an election year. We pray that uh, the peace that we currently enjoy will still persist. A lot of things might change, a lot of dynamics might come in, but then the question is, we need to be prepared for the challenge ahead. For me as a brand's leader for Inshraya FM, I've seen a lot of light, I've seen a lot of light ahead of us in the year 2024. If you look at few weeks in January, what has even happened on radio, it tells you clearly that yes, indeed, uh, our brand is growing and getting to that highest height. We have a long year ahead of us, but the Lord will see us through as he has always, you know, done in the past. So I know, I know, if nothing, multimedia will still thrive. After spirit-filled moments before God, the group is poised for their perpetual influence in the media landscape in Ashanti region and beyond, impacting lives and also producing good content for their listeners. From here at the Miracle Manor Church at Kumasi, my name is Emmanuel Brightquick. And here in Accra, I am Samuel Kojo Brace. This is the Johnny's Prime. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back. Stay with us. Sometimes seem to be cruising along. But just when you least expect it, things could go horribly wrong. Leave nothing to chance. Let Geico Group help you achieve your goals with customized solutions for life and general insurance, healthcare and finance. Geico, we cushion you for life. When you're little, days are extremely busy. Work. Traffic jams. Me. 
children's clothes. Luckily, our mom is here to take good care of us with day-by-day baby and day-by-day kids and their naturally active ingredients. Our skin is hydrated, soothed, and protected all day long. Yes, Every day, people have money emergencies. Ma, I need my school fees emergency. Ma, my chop money emergency. Emergency, emergency. Catch it. I'm your rent emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, challenge and enjoyment. At the top life we got. Dial star 770 for all your money emergencies and chop life. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Echo Bank, the Pan-African Bank. Daddy? Daddy? This tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow! Has a walking tortoise on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S I N T E S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. But it's further into spoiler. That's not true. But why? Hey! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? from the break. Now, flag bearer of the National Democratic Congress, John Dramani Mahama, has detailed programs that will ensure effective maximization of the whole airport in the Volta region. He says the next NDC government, if successful, will roll out deliberate programs to ensure the facility does not become a white elephant, as critics may target. Through the NDC's economic transformation policies, the region will develop to attract people in industry and tourists said the former president. This will increase the number of passengers using the airport. Nanayao Jima gives us a wrap of the final day of the building Ghana tour of the water region. Okay. 
mantle of the NBC was well received by the people of the Volta region. On the final day of the tour, the former president and flag bearer of the NDC made his first stop at the Volta Regional House of Chiefs. There, he assured the traditional authorities that the NDC will ensure that the whole airport is fully operationalized. We built an airport here and they say it's a white elephant. I can assure them that, inshallah, by the time we leave in the next four years, they'll find that it's not a white elephant. There are many things in aviation that an airport can do, not only carry passengers. The passengers will come with time. With economic transformation and business, people will fly here rather than drive, you know, three hours or four hours to get here. I mean, they'll fly 25 minutes, 30 minutes to get here. It saves time. There are car rental companies. They rent a car. They do what they want here. It drops them back at the airport, and they fly back wherever they came from. Tourists would prefer to fly here rather than hazard uh, road accidents driving all the way here. You know, if the hospitality and tourism business booms, a lot of people would want to fly. Aside from that, it's a very quiet airport. The skies are open. We don't have any aircraft crisscrossing. If we establish a pilot training school at the whole airport, the students can fly at any time without the danger of crossing commercial traffic. There are a lot of private jets in Nigeria and other places. If we establish a maintenance center here, it's easy for them to fly from Nigeria, come to Ho, come and service their jets, clean their jets, valet services and everything, and then fly it back to, to Nigeria. So there's a lot that we can do. He also touted his achievements in the Volta region. NDC has brought the greatest development to Volta region than any other party in existence. Anytime NDC has been in office, we have extended electric power to many communities. Many communities would not have had power but for the NDC administration. We built small town water systems in many communities in the Volta region to give them clean drinking water. We've rehabilitated more roads and done more kilometers of roads in the Volta region than any other government in the history of Ghana. We've expanded telecommunications in the Volta region than any other government. And as I was saying to the standing committee, Volta region has the longest piece of the fiber network that we laid. 700 kilometers of fiber from Greater Accra to Upper East. The longest part of it runs through the Volta region for high-speed data uh, transmission. We built markets in many communities in the Volta region, including in Ho. The new Ho market uh, was built by us. We built an airport, even though it's underutilized at the moment. I will tell you some of the ideas we have for that airport. We built a public university from the scratch, the University of Health and Allied Sciences. Presently, the tour has made a stop at the Hohoi constituency. He has been well received by the people. For joining us, Aljima reporting.
Let's just tell you news prime. We'll take a break. We'll bring you showbiz. Stay with us. that drives you. The very thought of it fuels you. And even when the road gets rocky, you keep going. Just to get the results that matter. It could be about you. It could be the lives you touch. It could be about something dear to your heart. Such results leave a sweet lingering smile, a sense of fulfillment. That's why you work till late, yet rise with the sun. Yes, your drive knows no limit. Do it with Stanbic Bank, where we spare you on to get the results that matter. This is Kweku. A university student. Every morning, Kweku wakes up and practices how to apply for jobs after he graduates from the university. This is until he found out about how you could win one million Ghana cities from the university challenge. Ten universities, ten diverse topics, and a chance to win one million Ghana cities. His life has never been the same. Contact 0532-383-737 for more information. The University Challenge, Entrepreneurship, Leadership, Wealth Creation. Whether it's 1924, 2024, or 2124, we've always known that you are driven by your sense of safety and well-being. It is what drives us to to see you through from start to finish, from small to big. Starting is the most important thing. So buy a Peloton bike or Bike Plus today and get two months free Peloton membership. Starting made easy with thousands of classes to choose from. My name is Cody Rigsby. Welcome to your low impact ride. Taught by instructors that take the guesswork out of working out. I'm here for you every step of the way. And Peloton Entertainment, so you can watch your favorite shows and live sports as you ride. Shop our limited time offers at onepeloton.com slash deals. Terms apply. And in the last 100 years, as you have evolved, so have we also expanded to serve you in many ways. From cradle to grave. With expertise in insurance, life, pensions, properties, health, and for those beautiful, memorable goodbyes. It's 2024, and in all our markets... Our pedigree is recognized, our strength respected, our expertise valued, and our solutions sought by all who desire an advantage in life. Experience the time-tested and truly trusted 100 years legacy of Ghana's oldest insurer. Take charge of your future now. Insurance, life, pensions, property management, funeral services, health insurance. Enterprise, your advantage. 
Private Investment Limited. Welcome back from the break. Let's do showbiz now. And Jacqueline and Sumaya Boy is here. Hi, Jackie. Good evening. Good evening to you, Kutcher Brace. How are you? I'm good. Okay. What do we have on the table today? All right. Now, the founder of Charlie Wate Street Art Festival, Manche Aikwe, has sued rapper Obrafor and producer Hammer for allegedly claiming sole ownership of the famous Kelakad blood phrase. The ownership of the phrase used in the popular Obrafor track or your Hinet Remus came under scrutiny after the rapper sued Canadian artist Drake for using it in the track without, formal, without the former's permission. Wow. We all remember the killer cut phrase used in Obrafor or your Hinnis Remus song. Killer cut, blood, killer cut. Killer cut, blood, killer cut. In June 2022, Ghanaians woke up to a surprise when they saw Canadian rapper Drake had not only released an album, but he sampled Obrafor's or your Hinnis Remus released in 2003 for his track calling my name. My heart it beats different rhythm. Killer cut blood, killer cut blood, killer cut blood, killer cut blood. That part was sung by Chalwate's founder, Manche Ayikwe, as an opener to the late 2003 remix of Oyohine of the Intempa album. A rough for upon hearing this, Sue Drake for sampling his song. And in a twist of event, founder of Street Art Festival, Manche Aikwe, is suing Obrafo and producer Hammer for claiming sole ownership. Manche states that his artistic work in the form of a spoken word title, Killer Cat, was used in the song Oyohine by first defendant, which is Obrafo, without permission, but without transfer of any right nor permission to Obrafo to register the work as his own or receive any payment from his subsequent use by anyone in any form. He added that the color cut sound for Obrafo is separate and distinct from the song. It was recorded separately and subsequently infused into the song. Hammer mainly used it to enhance and improve the song. Manchet revealed that after knowing of Drake's request to use that part of Oyohine's track, he called for a meeting with both Obrafo and Hammer. However, none of his requests materialized. He noted that later he found out Obrafo had registered the track with a phrase inclusive in the U.S., robbing him, Manche, of his intellectual property and seeking to receive payment for plaintiff's work exclusively. Meanwhile, although the suit was filed in July 2023, Mancha in a Facebook post revealed that Hammer and Obrafo had been evading being served by the court's bailiff. What do you think? Who is right here? Obrafo, Hammer or Mancha? For Joy News, I am Jacqueline and Samar Iabwa. Killer cut, blood, killer cut. Killer cut, blood, killer cut. Okay, do you want to try? Well, um, let's delve more um, into that. Now, I have the spokesperson for Manche Ayikui, Ani Osabute, joining me on Zoom mm -hmm. right now. Now, Ani, although Manche did not file a lawsuit against Hammer and Obrafo, he filed it last year, um, what progress has been made in this case? No progress. I can tell you from where I said that we haven't made any progress at all. And that is why uh, we went back to the court for a substituted service with respect to this particular case. Um, this 
they should have been resolved quietly. Um, quite recently, I had uh, a on Joy uh, showbiz on Saturday with Kwame Dazi talking about the fact that all the parties have been included in the process and that there's, there's going to be an amicable solution to it. But uh, from us, know what the situation is. So, uh, and also the fact that once the issue came out, you know, Manche reached out to Hama because they have a very long-standing working relationship. And based on that, it felt like we can all see this and resolve it once and for all. Unfortunately, it never happened. So, you know, we have to go through this legal route to resolve what should have been amicably resolved from the onset, yeah. Okay. Now, uh, well, you said you've spoken to them, but have they actually responded to the legal proceedings? Um, not at all, because, uh, you know, this case was filed somewhere last year, um, and then we've been trying to serve them for a very long time, and we've not been very successful. And that is why we have to go through the substitutive service, which means that, you know, we can use any platform through even the medium that you are using now, which uh, the court allows for Manche as a owner of that particular killer cat blood uh, sampled piece uh, to, to, to do. So at this stage, you know, we've thrown the, the ball right into their court, so it is for them to respond and come back. Um, let, let me just give you a, just a bit of the story. I mean, somewhere in 2022, towards the middle of the year, uh, a DJ fan of Manche who is in South Africa reached out to him with, uh, as, uh, you know, uh, uh, an edited portion of Killer Cat Blood and even teased Mancha that, hey, you're not rolling with Drake and then they have a back and forth conversation. Mancha reached out to Amma and Amma said he was going to meet Mancha with respect to that. So a meeting was called, but unfortunately, none of the meetings happened. So for Mancha, it feels like uh, people that have had a working relationship with over the years, you know, are trying to take him for a ride. And that is why, you know, is going through the legal route, yeah. Okay, now with all these legalities going on, has there been any communication from Drake's team? I will reach out to them publicly on Facebook. Uh, we've also been working our sources from our legal uh, team in the U.S. to reach out to him. We've made, uh, we, it's not been an easy thing because remember that when the first uh, publication came out, that our grandfather sued Drake for the uh, claiming uh, ownership of the material, for example, Manchester, through his lawyers, uh, responded on a Facebook post, which we tagged Drake. But subsequently, we've gone beyond that to try and reach out to them. It's not been easy, but uh, we've made some new rules. But for us, uh, one of the things that really triggered the whole thing was the fact that we also discovered our Buffard registered the, the entire piece as part of his work in America. And Manchester feels like that is not uh, appropriate because if you watch the whole Ohini project itself, the, the piece, uh, the killer cut is a separate material and it belongs to much and it, it was just inserted into the song like your report said to enhance it. So if anything, much is more than excited to have a split sheet, have a conversation and distill this once and for all. But uh, he feels like, uh, you know, like people that he's he had a working relationship with over the years have not been coming with wanting to sit and have a conversation about that so um yeah he, he felt like let's go through this route but i mean so far as we know uh the suit even on that file for example um nothing in terms of compensation has been paid because uh the drake team also knew the uh, legal implications of what this this afternoon i tweeted okay. uh, I, I made a tweet with respect to uh I made a tweet with respect to 
the substituted services and actually copied a lawyer who was uh, actually following a case in the U.S. and he has since responded to it. So we are working on that. As, okay. As, as All right. Thank you very much, Ani. Uh, we'll get back to you for further details now. Kujia Grace, um, a new song was released today. Oh, violence, not violence, violence. Okay. Yes. Bye. Sakadier. Oh, and apparently social media is in a frenzy because um, people are talking about, not people, Twitteratis are talking about the fact that this song is a jab to Ivo Nelson. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know if he talks, say I'll be one man mopo. Cause even my DJ self gets it all mopo. He gets some kind things where you're. Oh, that's a playlist wow. that you should check it out. You should. Well, I think people will be drawing too much of conclusions. They should relax because it could be any other year. <laughs> Definitely. Well, and that's how we wrap up today's bulletin. There's more on myjawline.com. Appness is uh, prime business with Pios. Kojo Baka, please do have a beautiful weekend. See you. That's my name. What I mean? in the day i was gonna man but something was missing until i found the one hd plus is not your regular free to air decoder for a small fee you get to experience great services and exciting world of content dial star 879 hash on your mobile phone and subscribe for as low as 290 cities this one is different the images are five times clearer in hd picture quality and i'm loving the feely feely experience HD Plus. I love you. But I'm still here. <laughs> HD Plus. For better. For less. That's right. Get your HD Plus decoder from any Electroland outlet or our dealer shops. For decades, we have helped businesses connect with their trade partners all over the globe. From Ghana to Burkina Faso, Cote d'Ivoire, Benin, Togo, Senegal, China, Morocco, France, Netherlands and many other countries. We have made it possible to bring Ghana to the world. We have brought small and medium businesses closer to their customers across the regions in Ghana with our SME support facilities. We have brought relief and smiles to the faces of families with our employee personal loans. With our cutting-edge technology and digital support, we take the burden of complex thinking off you. Making life simple. That is who we are. As close as a partner. Bank of Africa. We are indeed the African bank with the global reach. The business segment is brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. For your QR code. It's time you switch to Bell Park today.
is a military government which will rule with advice from certain eminent civilians in the country. Once he got himself into the uh, Ghana army in 1953, he fell settled and never changed once again. There were about eight of them who were selected after their post training to go to England to have their officers training the second phase. See, at that time, after training three months or six months at the roast, then you go for further training to become full lieutenant. Now, what a lot of people didn't know was that the original date for the coup was the 15th of January. But it leaked. The intelligence system got to know about it. Up to today, nobody has succeeded in doing what he did. Because Ghana exported food for the first time in thousands of tons. And we have never exported food since then. He had the belief that he could use agriculture well. This was his last word, Father. Take this ring. Pray for me that God may accept me as I am. This was his last word. Welcome to Prime Business with me, Pius Kojobaka. Tonight is official. Finance Minister Ken Furiata has announced that government has reached a deal with its external creditors on restructuring of Ghana's debt. My colleague George Yafi joins me in studio with more. George, what more are we learning on that? So, first, just the minister confirmed first was through a tweet on, his, on the Ministry of Finance uh, uh, Twitter handle. And also later, there was a statement that came in to actually confirm that. So, you know, previously, if you've been following this, then it's more of, more of source-based stories and all the rest. Mm -hmm. But the minister is saying that they have reached a deal with these external creditors on how the debt should be restructured or how the debt has been restructured going forward. And that is very critical because all along, what the founder was saying was that reach a deal with these creditors that will give us some financing assurance and therefore they can go the staff can go to the board and reach a deal or more of this bear some fresh funding to government there's a statement that the ministry of finance has released that are giving more details on the way forward and how that should be done i think our viewers will be very interested in, in getting more details on it if you, if you look at this statement it says that well the government of ghana announces that it has written agreement with this official creditors under the G20 Common Framework on a comprehensive debt treatment beyond the debt service suspension initiative uh, following the successive completion of the domestic debt exchange program. Mm -hmm. I think that if you go to the second line, that's one thing that a lot of people might be interested in. It says the government of Ghana commends the support and the cooperation of the official creditors in reaching this agreement, which demonstrate a mutual commitment in restoring the debt sustainability in line with the IMS program, government is confident that the debt treatment which entails significant flow of relief during the program period will allow the allocation of additional financing resources towards critical public investment, particularly in the healthcare, education, and infrastructure development. On the terms of the agreement, the treatment are expected to be formalized in the MOU between Ghana and the official creditors which would then be implemented through the bilateral agreement with 
each member of the official creditor committee government of ghana looks forward for further engagement with the official creditors to ensure prompt implementation of these deals now the agreement with official creditors paved the way for the IMF executive board approval of the first review of the fund program and this is part of very 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 critical because we've been talking about when the next tranche coming and all the rest and this statement gives some clarity to all the source-based stories that have been communicated earlier on and so what it says is that allowing the, the next tranche of the IMF financing of the 600 million Ghana cities to be disbursed the fund's approval should also trigger the World Bank consideration of 300 million dollars development policy program that is DPU financing mm -hmm. in addition to the bank's support of the Ghana Financial Stability Fund so in all you're supposed to be getting somewhere around 500 or 600 million from the World Bank and now these disbursements are key in Ghana's economic recovery so if you go down it, it actually uh, highlights some of the things that have taken place over the past week so if you go through the statement indeed confirms that a deal has been reached what the ministry didn't give us those fine details and in the coming days that mou will be saying and that is what the the imf staff is looking for mm. that they need this mou or that letter of comfort that's the official document that they can take to the board and the board will sit there are we are picking up that likely the board could meet on january 18 to consider ghana's program and then they could approve that 600 million dollars to be disbursed to Ghana. And the World Bank is also going to come on board to disburse about also about 500, 600 million dollars in the outcome. So, for all those who are not sure about this, we have a statement to the effect signed by the finance minister that this deal has been reached with external creditors and they are working to go to the board. Great, great. Thank you very much. Um, George, we are faithful for your time here on Prime Business, breaking it all down for us. And we are making frantic efforts to engage the business community on that. And I'm told that business, we have a business community um, rep from uh, the Ghana Union of Traders Association, uh, Dr. Joseph, for being to speak to that uh, for us. Thanks so much, sir, for joining me on Prime Business. Your quick views on Ghana um, securing a deal with the external creditors. Yeah, it's very important. As we all know that um, the first round that came helped a great deal by um, st stabilizing the currency. And now we need to sustain this um, stability. That will improve the economy tremendously. And um, coming at this time, especially at the end of the year, when we normally also encounter and difficulties in stabilizing the currency, the depreciation that um, um, perennially occurs around this time, then, of course, um, if we are able to secure uh, this amount, it's going to help um, a, a great deal to sustain. You know, the indicators are, have started improving, especially with the, um, um, the stability of the uh, currency and um, inflation that is coming um, down. Um, it means that if we're able to get this money, it's going to enhance on the economy um, that will also help the business community to boost. So um, it is a welcome news and um, um, we, we are waiting that the money comes. And then we should also be mindful of the fact that we are in an ele 
a lesson here and that um we should uh, apart from the fact that this money is coming we should be also um, um uh, be cautious on how we do our expenditure um, um this year so that uh, we do not um destroy um the 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 gains that uh, we are having through this IMF um, um, engagement, yeah. Good development for you. And is that going to translate into we seeing some prices um, being, you know, slowed down or reduced basically at the market centers? Yeah, um, you know that uh, we said that inflation has come down. Yes, it is true and it will affect um, the prices. But what people, um, it will affect the prices positively. But what people should also understand that when we say that inflation um, rate is coming down, it does not mean that the actual prices that we are selling, the prices should go down. What it means is that if inflation was um, 30, uh, the inflation rate was 30%, and now it has come to 23%, it means that uh, the rate at which prices were going up was 30%. Now, that rate that um, prices were going up have come down to 23%. I hope um, this is all that it means. And that um, people should not um, 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 say that because of the drop of inflation, prices should come down or lower the prices that is being sold in the market, especially when um, the other factors that um, induce prices is, are still there, the cost of doing business, the duties that we pay, the shipping line charges, the VAT, the um, the levies and charges at the post still remain the same. Those things have been reduced. If those things are um, 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 tackled and then pulled down, then of course it will see um, a much improvement in downward trend of um, the co- um, um, the um, of our cost. Yeah, and Doctor Ben, I'm very much interested in knowing the position of your business partners. Um, I know they are keen on this very developing story. Um, uh, now that we have a confirmation from government that indeed they've secured the, um, uh, the deal with the external creditors, um, what does that mean to them going forward? Yeah, you know, every economy needs some confidence. And so all that um, this is bringing to bear is the confidence in the economy. And now that um, um, it has started uh, whipping up some interest um, by um, our, our counterparts, now that we are telling them the good stories that um, inflation is coming down, the, uh, the economy or the currency have stabilized and all that, when this one comes and then we also manage things well, then, of course, the investor community or the partners that you, 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 you call um, our partners will even have a further um, confidence in coming over to help us um, develop this country. So, yes, um, we have to, we don't even have to also look at the, uh, uh, this money that has come. We have to also think across the board and then do what we have to do to also increase um, government revenue, not only um, by increasing taxes, but um, to expand the tax net and then reduce expenditure. 
when we are able to reduce expenditure tremendously, it means that the worth of this money will be properly be manifested and transferred, transferred to the gains of the economy. Great. Thank you very much, Dr. Joseph, for being for your time here on Prime Business. He's the president of the Ghana Union of Traders Association, speaking to us there on the back of that developing story. And, of course, my colleague, George Biafé, is still here with me in the studio. So, George, uh, break it down for me when it comes to the proposed um, debt restructuring. So, in terms of the terms, again, these are proposed terms that we've picked up. There wouldn't be any haircut on the principal of these external creditors, as well as the interest as well. What we also understand is that there will still be some breather for government, if I can use that word. So for the next four years, you're not going to pay any interest on these uh, debts. Uh, so after the fifth year, that is when we'll start paying something. The interest on these facilities should be somewhere between 2 to 3% as well. So those are the things that we are picking up in terms of the proposed restructuring terms that has been agreed on mm. Ghana's debt. But also... One more important thing is that it's not just about the money that is coming in. We are going into an election year. It's about the strict reforms that are associated with this program. One quick thing, for instance, the World Bank program, with the money that is coming in, they've raised an agreement with government that when it comes to contracts in the energy sector, there wouldn't be sole sourcing again. Okay. And some of these things will do with the corruption and all the rest. So it is not just about the money, but the, the fiscal reforms that government is undertaking, that will go along with stabilize the economy. That is what is going to give confidence to these investors to come on board and the recovery that we are all looking for to start taking place and stabilize things. I guess ultimately this would have a great impact on the economy. Definitely. If you see that our bonds are improving positively and our currency, these are the things that the investors are looking for. And it's not just about the money coming in. That these things are going to happen and the IMF and the World Bank, they're going to hold government accountable to some of these reforms that should take place whilst the monies are coming in. Very well. Thank you very much, George Yafe, for your time here with me on the Prime Business segment. Now, a while longer on this, because research lead at GCB Capital Courage Booty is optimistic, Ghana receiving the next tranche of the $600 million bailout package will stabilize the city going into next year or the next quarter of this year. He adds that more efforts will have to be made to prevent the abuse of these inflows to maintain confidence on the market. He spoke earlier on the marketplace. 600 million plus and 550 expected to come from the World Bank title. This gives you at a goal about 1.15 billion. You recently had some 800 million from Cocoa Loan Syndication. Mm. So you are getting close to 2 billion in, in hard currency that can go into supporting your reserve, uh, which has been in a, in a, a very vulnerable state um, since this whole. Uh, issue started, and that will provide, I believe, the pushing needed for this first quarter where the CD could be a bit more stable, and it has been. It opened the year on a, a stable note. These inflows would even pushing it further and will set the basis um, for that stability, even against the seasonality pressures immediately and going into the remaining quarters of the year. So it will be a good note for the CD, and the delay in agreeing this deal would Proved to be, if you like, a blessing in disguise, all the same, because then it gives us enough inflows at least at this point. Not six and Starting is the most important thing. So buy a Peloton bike or bike plus today and get two months free Peloton membership. Starting made easy with thousands of classes to choose from. My name is Cody Rigsby. Welcome to your low impact ride. 
taught by instructors that take the guesswork out of working out. I'm here for you every step of the way. And Peloton Entertainment, so you can watch your favorite shows and live sports as you ride. Shop our limited time offers at onepeloton.com slash deals. Terms apply. I believe is going to budget financing about 300 million out of the 550 million from the World Bank. It's also supposed, also supposed to target budget financing. So you are having in excess of 950 million, almost a billion, going to support the budget. Today's exchange rate, we're talking about where out there about billion cities. That should, that is about a quarter's borrowing plan on the T-bill market. So if that happens, it gives the Treasury the leeway to manage T-bill issuances and even try to reduce the interest rates on those issuances on the market. From the IMF and its related stories, Minister of Information Kojo Pankrumah is asking young people to take opportunities to support economic growth. According to him, this could aid in the fight against unemployment in the country. He was speaking at the unveiling of Concentrix and Web Help in Ghana. Let me say it's exciting to uh, see what you're doing here in Ghana, to see the space that you've created that's brought together so many young people who are serving some of the very big brands all over the world. And it's even exciting to know the plans that you have, your plans for expansion, and plans to bring in a lot more young people who will be delivering value and service to people all over the world. I don't want to talk much. It's a night of partying and celebration. I just want to encourage you, our colleagues, the young people who've had this brilliant opportunity, consider yourselves as ambassadors for the millions of other young people who don't have this opportunity and give it the best that you can so that people like Philip and his colleagues will have reason to create more flaws, to accommodate a lot more young people so that many of your colleagues who don't have this opportunity will get that opportunity because of the great work that you are doing here. So congratulations, make the best of it, and I wish you a great 2024. Managing Director for Adansi Travel and Tours, Gideon Asari, has described the emergence of artificial intelligence as a game-changer to the tourism sector. According to him, sector players would have to leverage on the advantages that comes with artificial intelligence to boost productivity. He spoke to Joy Business at the launch of the company's new office facility, the Adansi Travel House. So, Adansi new office, which is themed at the Travel House, the Adansi Travel House, means one-stop shop solution for all travel needs. So now you'll be able to um, come to um, a place where wherever your travel needs are, whether you travel for leisure, for business, for work, for holidays, or for health reason, you can come here and your needs will be met. I think the next thing that every every company beyond even tourism should be looking at is the power that AI brings to the table. So for instance, if you come to me and you say you want to go to Honolulu, maybe I haven't been there before. We can train our AI chat boats to be like our guide in destination guide. So I can just go to the platform and ask um, I have a client who wants to spend 
uh, one week in Honolulu. Can you suggest a proposed itinerary? And within 30 seconds, I will get day-to-day -day itinerary that I can discuss with you. I can even prompt the AI to tell me um, how some of the services can be booked and also ask if there's anything to be worried about in terms of travel security and all that. I, now there's even talk of how AI is going to help predict um, 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 travel disruptions. So based on data, AI can tell you that it is 60% chance that your flight will be cancelled. Which is amazing. No human can do that. So um, it's helping in terms of booking experience, helping in terms of uh, content development, and in marketing your travel um, stuff, AI is key because with AI, I can generate um, um, social media content. I can generate, now there's tools to generate uh, even images, video scripts, and all that that goes with your content. So it's, 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 it's everything now, and we, we can only leverage on it if we, the humans, learn the use of it. And that's what Advanced Travels is propagating, that every travel agency try to see the need to utilize that. This is still prime business. Now, traders at the Accra Central Market are calling for a further reduction in prices of raw materials used in the production of books and other school supplies to make prices stable for consumers. Today on the Joy Shopping List, my colleague Jesse Ayramagwapo finds out the cost of acquiring books and other school supplies for your world. Today on the Joy Business Shopping List, we'll move our focus onto the books and school supply sector where we'll find out the cost of books such as textbooks, exercise books and other school materials. And as I was saying, the prices have gone down a bit this year. Previously, we used to sell Note 1, the 20 in the pack, 70 cities, and it came down to 65 now it's 60 CDs for the pack, which contain 20 pieces. And then the, the Note 3, we have different sizes. It used to be a, a bit higher, but it has come down. Uh, the smallest in it now is 12 CDs, like this one, 12 CDs. But it's, it used to be 14 CDs. And this size used to be 30 CDs. But it's now 27 cities. And some of the things, are, the price are down, but others are still due to the importation, the duty on it. But we are praying that things will come down so that everybody will be able to afford it. But I think uh, those who supply the raw materials, I think they have gone down. That's why those who are manufacturing it has come down a bit. And we're praying that it will be stable. It shouldn't go up again. I think it should remain so that people will be able to afford and buy for the awards when they are going to school. Some are already buying, but others are still waiting. Fans are still on the hold. It was the, like the original big. It was 80 cities. It's still 80 cities. And we have the Nigeria one, 65. So those who are, are not able to buy the, 
Ghana one, they buy the Nigeria one, and they are all equally good. And my expectation is that uh, they should get more funds, and when they are about to buy, they should buy freely and happily. If they don't have the money, they will be complaining. But if the money is there, they buy happily, and we also enjoy our markets. The price formerly was 65 but now the price has changed. Like this, 30 cities. Like this, 30 cities. So it's now 60 cities. Because parents are complaining it a lot. So we have to do something for the parents to buy it. Yes, we are praying that it should come down for the parent to buy. Because if you don't do it well for the parent, it's there are a lot. People are taking their children to school and the books are too expensive. They talk about it. The big pain. The cutting is 80 city. The park is 80 city. The park is 80 cities. We want them, they should do something because it's Ghana. Nigerian's home is 75. What about the Ghana home? It's I, 80 cities. Okay. This one like this, it's 80 cities. But the Nigerian's home is 75. Why the Ghanaian's home is higher than the Nigerian's home? Formerly it was 75, and Nigerian soon was 65. Why Nigerian soon is 75, and the Ghanaian is 86. They leave Ghana soon and they buy Nigerian soon. They complain it. So we want them to do something about it. The notebook, we have different, different prices. We have like this. 35. That one is a Ghana who do it. So if they give it to a 30 CD, we sell it 35. Actually, they were giving it to us 28. 28. But now they increase it to 30 CD. So which we are selling it 35. And this one like this 20 cities they gave it to us 16 cities 16 cities 16 cities so we are also selling 20 cities but if you are buying plenty we reduce it for you those were some traders here at the Accra Central Market sharing with us the cost of acquiring books and other school supplies. According to them, prices have been relatively stable from the past year. So if you are looking to buy books for your words ahead of the next academic year, this is a good time to do so. For Joy Business, Jesse Aira Magbako. The Empire of Skojobaka with Prime Business. Prime Sports is next. Bye-bye.
Sky Group, a wholly owned Ghanaian company made up of First Sky Construction, First Sky Bitumen Processing, First Sky Commodities, Volta Serene Hotel, Serene Insurance, First Sky Energies, and Feral Rural Bank. Warmly invite you to its 21st Thanksgiving service on the theme, The Faithfulness of the Lord Never Ceases, Lamentations Chapter 3, verse 22 to 23. The Thanksgiving service in two parts will be hosted by the founder and executive chairman, Mr. Eric Sedi Kutocha. Friday, January 12, 2024, all night from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. at the Trinity Temple Assemblies of God Church, TTAG Community Center, Ministry in Word. Reverend Mark Sese, National Missions Director, Assemblies of God, Sierra Leone, Reverend Sujit Alex, Thames North Area Leader, Assemblies of God, UK, Sunday, January 14, 2024, Thanksgiving service at the main auditorium of the Accra International Conference Center at 10 a.m. Guest Speaker, Most Reverend Dr. Paul Kwabena Boafo, Presiding Bishop, the Methodist Church, Ghana. Special guest of honor, the Chief Justice, Her Ladyship, Mrs. Gertrude Araba Esaba Saki Tokono. Ministering in music will be Team Eternity and others. Also in attendance will be His Eminence, Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams, Reverend Dr. Stephen Yanusam Wengam, General Superintendent, Assemblies of God, Ghana, Reverend Professor Paul Frimpon Mansu, Immediate Past General Superintendent, Assemblies of God, Ghana, Reverend Dr. Silvanos Amagashichi Elon, Head Pastor, Trinity. Temple, Assemblies of God, Ghana, Reverend Mark Sese, National Missions Director, Assemblies of God, Syria Lu, Reverend Sujit Alex, Thames North Area Leader, Assemblies of God, UK, Apostle Professor Kojo Ninfo Opoku Onina, Reverend Dr. Lawrence Tete, Reverend Eastwood Anaba, Reverend Dr. Joyce Ai, Reverend Eddie Annan, Assemblies of God UK and other senior clergy. For more details, contact 020-854-3441 or 050-148-2580. It's the First Sky Group 21st Thanksgiving service. Don't miss it. segment is brought to you by Commander DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. Welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbao, and the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations is drawing ever closer with Ivy Coast stage in the finals for the second time after hosting us in 1984. Now, the tournament kicks off on Saturday tomorrow, uh, January 13, when the host will take on Guinea-Bissau at the Alassan Ouattara Stadium in Abidjan. And guess what? We are just under 24 hours to kick off. And uh, just behind me, you can see uh, some 22 hours, 25 minutes, and the seconds is counting down. That's the countdown to the start of the AFCON tomorrow with the opening game between Ivory Coast and Guinea-Bissau. Now, 24 teams have been split into six groups of four teams. And uh, that's where the host nation Ivory Coast find themselves in. And they are in there alongside three-time champions, Nigeria, Equatorial Guinea, and Guinea-Bissau over there. So, and uh, of course... It contains heavyweight matchup with Mohamed Salah, and then we'll take a look at Group B also. So, 
you can see the groups on your screen there. So, Group A, Cote d'Ivoire, they are in there, uh, along with Nigeria, along with Equatorial Guinea and Guinea-Bissau. So, first game between Cote d'Ivoire and Guinea-Bissau, the Nigerian Equatorial Guinea will play next. Then, in Group B, in Group B, the, uh, the, the most successful team in this tournament, Egypt, having won the tournament seven times, will be in there. They are in there alongside Ghana, who have won it four times, Cape Verde and Mozambique. In Group C, Senegal. Uh, holders Senegal, the reigning champions, they are drawn in there alongside Cameroon. And uh, of course, one of the very exciting fixtures. Looking forward to that Senegal versus Cameroon in there. Then in Group D, you have Algeria in Group D, and uh, they are in there alongside Burkina Faso and Mauritania, then Angola. Of course, you have Tunisia also in Group E, along with Mali, along with South Africa and namibia morocco is also in there they have won a tournament just once alongside dr congo zambia and tanzania in group f so that's how it's looking like as far as the groups are concerned but six stadiums will be used in five host cities with two in abidjan and uh, we're just going to bring you an after speed on the stadiums that will be hosting this tournament the last and watara stadium has a capacity of 60,000 people. Uh, 60,000 can hold 60,000 people. That's the stadium uh, where the opening ceremony itself will take place. Likewise, the opening game over there. So the Alassane Watara Stadium with a capacity of 60,000 uh, will be hosting the opening game over there between Ivory Coast and uh, Guinea-Bissau. Then there is also the Felis Hofwe Bonya Stadium uh, with a capacity of 33,000 also in Abidjan uh, will be hosting some games also in there and a uh, very beautiful stadium you can see over there 33,000 capacity they've got in there then there is also the Stade de la Paix uh, which will also uh, be hosting some other games there it's in Yamosukro has a capacity of 20,000 into 40,000, I beg your pardon, has a capacity of 40,000 and is in Boaké, uh, also there. Then there's the Amadougon Koulibaly Stadium uh, with a capacity of 20,000. It is in Kohogo, in Kohogo, and uh, will also be hosting some games also over there. And uh, uh, the final stadium, of course, is the Laurent Poku Stadium, Laurent Poku Stadium in San Pedro, and uh, also a capacity of 20,000 also be hosting some games there. And just that, to mention that all of the stadiums are either new or uh, have undergone renovations ahead of the AFCON with the government spending some 1 billion US dollars on infrastructure project around the country to make sure that uh, Ivy Coast is able to host the tournament in grand style. Now, John Baffo is a journalist Based in Ivory Coast, and he's been keeping tabs on preparations ahead of the tournament. And he joins me via Zoom for the latest on the country's readiness for the opening ceremony tomorrow. John, thank you so much for making time. Uh, just quickly tell us is the country ready for the opening ceremony tomorrow? Yeah, thanks for having me on your show. Um, everyone's really excited about this tournament. 
This is the first time in 40 years that we've had a major tournament in Ivory Coast, and the expectations are quite high, but they're uh, still measured. I mean, the last time that a West African country hosted an AFCON, they were eliminated in, in the group stages. So um, we we are trying to ensure that that doesn't happen for Ivory Coast, but um, we're more than ready then um, to, to receive the rest of Africa. All the 24 teams have already arrived. Mm. Ivory Coast was already here before, but the rest of the 24 teams have arrived. Some of them with with a lot of style and, mm-hmm. and panache, like the Ghana national team have come with some style and panache. I'm sure you saw this also on, on Twitter. That's one of those things where yeah. um, the social media has been lighting up on it. But in terms of the infrastructure, I've been able to visit all the stadiums, all but one of the stadiums. So the Lohon Poku Stadium, which is in San Podo, that's the only one I didn't visit, but I've uh, made the trip all the way up to the north in Korogo and saw all the stadiums from Korogo to Boake, down to Yamasoko, down to the two ones in, in Abidjan. Like you mentioned earlier, um, they've been refurbished or they're new. And looking at them from the inside, the grass is green. Um, the stadium is ready to 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 host, um, and we're really excited about having Afcon in 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 Ivory Coast this year. But what about the people though? How excited and ready are they ahead of their opening game? Uh, you know, against Guinea-Bissau. What was the atmosphere like in Abidjan, in Yamasukra? I'm sure, particularly in Abidjan, because that's where the opening game will be happening. What's the atmosphere like? So I'm currently in Abidjan, and I've been living here for the last five years, and I haven't really felt this kind of energy and electric atmosphere in the city since I moved here in 2018. Um, it's... Everyone is wearing some jerseys by night. They've been able to set up some lights, uh, which will promote the AFCON lights with uh, figures of people playing football, football balls all over the city. Mm-hmm. And then by day, there are also flags off CAF and Ivory Coast. And you also see sporadically on people's houses um, flags of the nations that they represent. Mm-hmm. You have to know that Abidjan particularly and then Cote d'Ivoire in general uh, is, is a country where a lot of people from the sub continent or the, the sub-region have moved to. So we have a lot of Burkina Bays, we have a lot of Senegalese, and then we also have a strong Guinean community mm. that is based in Abidjan as well. So everyone's really excited to support their team, mm. and um, if the team doesn't go through, we'll all jump on another bandwagon for another team. Well, interesting. Uh, well, we're just going to take a look at the first round of fixtures in the AFCON. Of course, the first game is between Ivory Coast and Guinea-Bissau. But that's not the only games happening in the first round of fixtures. So, yeah, that's the first one. Abicos versus Guinea-Bissau happening tomorrow. And, uh, you know, the opening game there in Group A, part of the action in Group A. And it will be the only game on Saturday. And then the action continues on, on Sunday. Uh, the action continues on Sunday where the fixtures will also uh, be happening. Of course, you see Nigeria play Equatorial Guinea still in the action in Group A. That's when it will end. Nigeria playing in Equatorial Guinea. And then, uh, later in the evening, in Group B, the action starts with Egypt playing Mozambique uh, on Sunday. So just uh, keep that on your calendar. And then there will be the action later in the evening on Sunday with Ghana also taking on Cape Verde. That will wrap up the action on Sunday. Then the uh, action also continues on Monday with the other games in Group C, Senegal playing Gambia. Then you have Cameroon playing Guinea, 
exciting games to look forward to. Then on Monday, we wrap it up with Algeria versus Angola. And another exciting game happening there. Then Tuesday, Burkina Faso, Mauritania, Tunisia versus Namibia. These are all the first round of fixtures happening across the groups. That's Group E, starting with Tunisia versus Namibia there in Group E on Tuesday. Then we end with Mali versus South Africa. Exciting game you should look forward to. Morocco and Tanzania starts on Wednesday and continues with DR Congo versus Zambia. And um, we'll wrap up with the first round of fixtures in the AFCON over there. Well, Fifi Manfred has now joined me and John Braffy store on Zoom. And guys, let's talk about the first round of fixtures. I mean, exciting stuff. But John, let me just get your thoughts on that first game between Ivy Coast and Guinea-Bissau. Interesting data. Ivy Coast will be playing their 100th game in the AFCON in that game. And in fact, I was just looking at the statistics and they haven't lost an opening game in the last 12 editions of the tournament. The last time they lost an opening game was against Ghana when Ghana defeated them 2-0 in the 1990s. So it almost looks like a win for Ivy Coast is almost inevitable. John, is that what the feeling is like in Ivy Coast? That's certainly the feeling that most people in Ivy Coast have. We believe that, I mean, I asked about 10 people today and most of them said a 2-0 win, an easy win. But they need to also still come out and perform on the pitch. It's been hard for people who have been hosting AFCON to go and retain the title or to host and win, like we like to say it. Um, Ivory Coast is a two-time AFCON champion. And since 1982, the host countries have only won five editions out of 19 editions of AFCON. So it's important that they get a really hard, fast start, sorry, um, and and perform well and win this first game against Guinea-Bissau. But it's not going to be an easy feat for them to do. But for them to be able to have any hopes of winning the, the, the this AFCON that they're hosting, they need to really perform in the first game and then move on and, and, and try to win the group. Well, if I ask you which of the games will interest you in the first round, you're going to mention Ghana versus uh, Cape Verde. But let me exempt Ghana versus Cape Verde. Which other games in- will interest you in the first round of fixtures? I'll be going to the opening game uh, on Saturday. So tomorrow I'll be going to, to the Ivory Coast versus uh, Guinea-Bissau. But more than the first Ghana game, I think that the second game is going to be a key game. Ghana versus Egypt. That's going to be key to determine who's going to be able to to progress out of that group. Mm. Um, Ghana need to ensure that against Cape Verde, that they have, they come back with some points, be it a draw and ideally a win, and then have a good performance against um, Egypt. Performing well in their first game and then more importantly, scoring goals, which has been very difficult for Ghana recently, mm-hmm. uh, will give them the confidence to be able to perform well in the second match against Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really excited about that. Uh, we'll also be at the stadium. Mm-hmm. And we'll-, well, uh, we seem to have just lost uh, John Braffer there. But Fifi Manfred is on the line. Fifi, uh, you know, let me just get a thought on the first round of fixtures, though. Which of the games will interest you uh, the most? Uh, thank you very much, Musbao. I- I'm very much interested in Group A. Um, 
the host nation, Ivory Coast. Um, they are one of the first few countries to host the Afcon and not qualify from their group stage. And um, countries like Tunisia had done worse after them. So mm. also in the in Group A, Equatorial Guinea, Nigeria, and then Ivory Coast are three teams that any time that they've been placed in groups as paired together, mm. and all of them qualify from the group stages. So you look at the job that the Equatorial Guineans are doing. You look at um, their coach, Misha Obiang, mm. and how good have they been. For me, they are the wild cards in the group. Of course, the overwhelming favorites are the Nigerians and then the Ivorians. Mm. But the Equatorial Guineans have also proven to be very good. Mind you, 2012, mm. they went to the quarterfinal. They've been to the AFCON for four times. Mm. In all of the times that they've been in the AFCON, they've qualified from their group stage mm. in 2021 when they co-hosted with the Cameroonians. Mm. They were fought in their competition. Mm. So they are not a team that you can just brush away. It there's a slight mesh um, up between any of the two favorite articles on Nigeria. I tell you, they will pounce on it and they will take the opportunity and go through. Of course, articles in Nigeria in the second game is going to be a big one also mm. in terms of shaping up the group. Mm. And if anything goes wrong, the Equatorial Guineans will go through. But also, the Guinea-Bissau team that are going to play against articles they beat Nigeria in the qualifications mm. by a goal to zero. Mm. It tells you that they are a very strong team. It tells you that they know what they are about on the African continent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm excited about the opening ceremony, the whole competition. But tomorrow is going to be a mouth-watering one uh, between the Little Farm of Ivory Coast and, of course, um, the Guinea Bissau team. I mean, Fifi, finally, though, you are one man who loves tactics. I mean, in terms of tactics or any other thing you would like to talk about, what is your general expectation ahead of this tournament? What are you really looking forward to in this tournament? In, in maybe 30 seconds. So, so, with respect to tactics, the African Cup of Nations is a little bit funny because um, you need more than just tactics. I've seen that in recent times, our competition comes on top of the back of a lot of zeal and then combative um, way of playing. Mm-hmm. So, you need a tactics, but there's supposed to be that zeal and the combativeness and the dwelling ability mm-hmm. of all the teams because there's physical down here on the continent. I'm looking at teams like Ivory Coast, who have a very, very nice way of going to play. Mm. They have a very exciting three-pack system. Mm. Um, Starting is the most important thing. So buy a Peloton bike or Bike Plus today and get two months free Peloton membership. Starting made easy with thousands of classes to choose from. My name is Cody Rigsby. Welcome to your low-impact ride. Taught by instructors that take the guesswork out of working out. I'm here for you every step of the way. And Peloton Entertainment, so you can watch your favorite shows and live sports as you ride. Shop our limited time offers at onepeloton.com slash deals. Terms apply. I'm on the Evan Indica of, uh, of, of AS Roma, mm. and then you look at Willy Bolly of Wolves, Kenya mm. Center, midfield pair, Frankie Annie Kessing. Like, so it, it's a well-balanced side. Then Nigeria on the other side of the conversation where they are finding it hard to find attacking balance um, with Boniface, Oshime, mm. Karib, um, 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 all uh, Ademola Lukman, all the other attackers in their ranks, yeah, they are not getting their back. So it's going to be exciting, even mm. with respect to tactics and even the combativeness of the nature of, of the competition. I mean, guys, we're going to have lots of discussion on the AFCON. It just starting tomorrow, and we are counting down 22 hours and nine minutes to the opening game tomorrow. And of course, enjoy news at Joy Sports Trust us to bring you all the latest. Guys, thank you so much, John. Thank you, Fifi. And uh, we'll keep in touch in the course of the tournament and talk a lot more about it. Well, let's come down to Ghana because Richmond Lamche's career was almost shattered after being handed a two and a half year ban by the Ghana 
FA Disciplinary Committee for alleged involvement in the match-fixing scandal. Few months on, the Kotoko midfielder has turned his fortunes around and currently in contention to feature for the Black Stars at the Africa Cup of Nations. Adam Mubarak, Haruna Mubarak, my colleague, has the rest of this story in a special report. Lamte now stands on the pinnacle of his career, being part of the Black Stars in Ivory Coast for the upcoming Africa Cup of Nations. But the road was never easy. Lamte's story is woven with threads of hard work and dedication. In the serene corners of his infancy, Lamte's passion for the beautiful game became apparent. In Accra, he would hold a ball in front of him as he crawled. When he began to walk, he would hold my finger and drag me along while chasing the ball. Then I realized he had passion for football. Transitioning from those quiet corners, Lamte embarked on a trajectory that shaped his skills. After joining Firenode Academy in Pram Pram, he later signed for Wafa before finding his footing at Inter Allies. When he arrived at Inter Allies, he was a little bit raw. So we have to teach him uh, being a midfield player, playing as a central player. I think you have to advance more so that you get, you get hold of the ball and uh, you can make some goals. You know, as a midfield player, if you cannot make goals, it means uh, you, you, your talent is being reduced. So I, he experienced so many things for me. I have to teach him how uh, he will spread the ball. You, as a midfielder, how you spread the ball to your strikers to score. And uh, from Italia, I think he moved to Ashantiko Doko, and he has now become a finished product. The porcupines, recognizing Lamte's prowess, secured him on a three-year deal in September 2021. His impact was immediate, playing a pivotal role in Kotoko clinching the Premier League title for the first time since 2014. Then the narrative took a somber turn. A match-fixing scandal involving inter-allies and Ashanti Gold led to a 30-month ban imposed by the Ghana Football Association's Disciplinary Committee, threatening to derail Lamte's promising journey. At the time, I felt immense sadness that such an innocent child was banned. I was deeply concerned about what he was going to do. He wasn't answering my calls, and I feared he might harm himself. He was not mentally stable. The setback was significant for him. You know, it, it, it kills his morale, it kills everything that he got from him as a player, you know. When you, when you have that moments in your career as a player, you know, it demoralizes you. Sometimes you want to quit football because it's a disgrace. Your name goes to the whole everywhere in the world that you have been banned. You are, you know, you are, you are match fixing. And 
Asante Kotoko took up the mantle, passionately pursuing justice at the court of arbitration for sports. When the issue came up, we heard that PFAG had filed um, a case on behalf of the play of, of the players at the court of arbitration for sports. Where the list, I, I, as an administrative manager, first of all went into the issue, saw that Richmond's name had been omitted. And so I informed the CEO at the time, um, Nanaya Amponsa, I informed him that unfortunately Richmond's name is um, out. And then he told me that, uh, Ima, we have to do the case for the boy. I said, once he agrees, uh, we should do it. Then I told him the cost implications and all that if we are filing the case. Then he said, no problem, we should do it for the boy. Their unwavering pursuit of justice bore fruit after 363 days, leading to an overwhelming sense of relief. It was the very day the, the, the verdict came out, the very day the verdict came out, I've never seen a human being scream that way. I mean, I've not seen a human being scream that way. Fortunately, when the verdict came out, I was in Accra. I was in Kumasi, I was in Accra. When the verdict came out, I was with the CEO at the time. And um, we were together when the verdict came out, and he was screaming. One day, he came here, seated on a chair, and we heard that the ban was lifted. He shed tears of joy. After a string of stellar performances that propelled Kotoko to third place in the ongoing season, just three points below league leader Samatex, Lamte reached a turning point in his career. <laughs> I was extremely excited about Black Star's collab. We thank God. Uh, it's Anhana. Hana and it feels good. Um, I'm very happy. And first of all, I would like to thank uh, Sanjay Kotoko, Square uh, Majesty, Ochoa Force and the uh, past and present management and the supporters and my teammates. Lamte is currently in Abidjan with his teammates in preparation for Ghana's opener against Cape Verde on Sunday. Many eagerly await the chance to see him feature and showcase his abilities on the grand stage of African football. We just pray that he gets his time to showcase his talent. Uh, whatever be the case, he'll be lumping. I, I just pray and hope that uh, he stays well, very healthy. When you give Lamte that opportunity, he's going to spread the ball out. He's going to join attack and uh, 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 make goals for Naki Williams and and uh, all the strikers to score. It's always difficult for attackers to get at the end of it because the least contact with the goal is a foul. Awesome! Brilliant goal! It's the allies approaching the 10 mark.
an absolute pitch of a goal scored at Akraspor Stadium against Hearts of Oak marked Richmond's rise into the limelight. The ban by the FA's disciplinary committee threatened to dim the light, but to no avail. It's a testament of his ability to turn pain into purpose, setback into a comeback, personifying the never-give-up spirit, which could inspire other footballers. Haruna Mubarak for Joy Sports. That's all we have for you on Prime Sports. Do have a lovely evening. Sports segments was brought to you by Mende DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries.